0: Welcome to the Quality of Love Podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of A Suit Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. You've made it to another Wednesday, so you guys know how we do with our Wednesday question and answer episodes. Going to answer your questions in regards to your relationships, as well as to you dealing with these narcissists that came, seem to keep popping their head out on us as this popular term becomes popularized even more in present day. but let's get into our quote first. Quote of the day comes from none other than DMX. If you guys don't know who DMX is, he is a famous rapper. He is currently um, recovering from a heart attack. He experienced a heart attack over the weekend. Uh, I guess he had an overdose, a drug overdose, but... I was thinking about DMX and what he's meant to my childhood and ultimately my adulthood leading into my adulthood. And I just I felt like it would be appropriate to use a quote from DMX today. um, Wishing you the best DMX. Hopefully your recovery is full and you're able to uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, as well as kind of get back in line with your recovery and fighting those demons. Today's quote to live is to suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Once again, that quote is, to live is to suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. And that quote is by DMX. And for me, when I was younger, That quote comes from his song, Slipping and Falling. And when I was younger, that quote meant a lot to me because as I was learning to navigate this world that we live in and find my own place in it, um, one of the things that I realized is that life is inevitably going to cause you some pain it's going to cause you some suffering. But as you continue to pursue and continue to put your best foot forward, you will find your purpose within the suffering that comes with life. So that's why I love that quote. It carried me through my childhood as well as my my teen years. And again, wishing you well, DMX, praying very, very strong for you, brother, for a full recovery, as well as help with fighting the demons that present themselves in your life. Question number one from our relationship side of things. Will a wife feel superior if some of her exes bullies her loving, inexperienced husband by calling him a loser? Once again, that question is, will a wife feel superior if some of her exes Bullies her loving, inexperienced husband by calling him a loser. I don't know if necessarily your wife would feel superior in this instance, but I think this is a clear red flag that there's some boundaries that need to be drawn within your relationship. Um, the fact that her ex are allowed to call you a loser and that gets back to you, I think there's some channel channels of communication that should be closed and there's no way that, that they should have an opportunity to have input on your relationship. And if they do, it should never make you feel as though your wife is enjoying this, right? Enjoying seeing you be called a loser or having the idea or thought that her ex is call you a loser. It also um, brings up a a bit of an issue that I think personally with you being able to comfortably come out and say things to your wife. Right. Because typically in a normal relationship, quote unquote, normal relationship, no relationship is normal, but you should feel safe enough to come out to your wife and say hey this is something that I'm not comfortable with this is something that's not okay with me and she should be receptive to that because again you guys are married and her exes are in the past if they're still having a role in your relationship now as we speak then I think you want to really really assess and ask yourself is she still bringing in baggage from her pre- previous relationships and I know once you're married you tend to think it's too late to make adjustments or even if it's necessary to get a divorce, but I've just seen so many people um, over the course of my career continue to fall in the lines or go along the lines of something like this, and eventually they felt resentment at the end of the line because their partner didn't have that value or respect for them that they thought they did. Right. So have the conversation. If she's not receptive to the conversation, then I would invite you to take the next step, which would from my uh, recommendation would be therapy. If that's not successful, then unfortunately, you might want to look at divorcing um, because there's some baggage that she's carrying if she's allowing others to have that type of influence in your relationship. Question number two, how do I get self-confidence even though I am short? Once again, that question is, how do I get self-confidence even though I am short? I think the first thing you got to eliminate is the thought process that you can't be confident because you're short. I, for one, um, am considered short by societal standards. I currently stand at 5'9", but that has never been an issue in terms of my confidence, right? Confidence is something that's within you and it's something that you project. Right. There are a ton of you can Google. There are a ton of short men that have been extremely successful in life, even present day. Right. You think of a gentleman, for example, like the comedian Kevin Hart. I think he's listed at five, four or five, five. He's still ultra successful. Um, he's still ultra confident. He's married, he has children and he's viewed upon as a role model, right? So I share that with you to say that when you talk about self-confidence, don't think it's tied to your height or your weight um, or even your looks, right? The, the way you look, your physical appearance, We self-confidence is 100% tied to your mental so if you start to look at yourself and project confidence out, then I'm firmly, I firmly believe that the universe will bring it back to you, right? So start doing the things that you enjoy doing that give you confidence in in your abilities, and then carry that out into your life, right? And don't be afraid to change up your style, switch your dress, um, learn new ways of communication, things along those lines, because all of that enhances enhances um, your self confidence, right? So being able to function in different environments, having a versatile wardrobe, and then projecting confidence are all things that help with health confidence. And again, as I started off with the answer of this question, make sure you eliminate limiting beliefs is what they are, right? So a limiting belief is I can't be this because I have this, right? So in your instance, I can't be self-confident because I'm short. That's a limiting belief. And I feel like when you limit yourself, you play a role in, in kind of hindering your confidence as well. So get those limited limiting beliefs out of your system and project that confidence. Question number three, how can you treat emotional pain? Once again, that question is, how can you treat emotional pain? I think the number one thing that I always recommend is to seek professional help when it comes to emotional pain. Typically, emotional pain is inside you or a feeling that we have, right? Right. And even when we do kind of unearth some of the feelings that we have, whether that's about our past, our childhood, anxiety about our future, whatever it is those feelings are, it's very, very important that we have somebody to talk to that's a professional that can help us kind of develop techniques to navigate our thought processes. Because when it comes to emotional pain, there probably I can guarantee you are some things that you've compartmentalized and you have emotional reactions that you don't even know where they come from. So you might, uh, someone might say something or do something and you have an emotional reaction and you find yourself like, I don't know what why I did that or what's going on with me. The reason that is, is because there's some emotional subconscious things at play and you have not flushed those things out of your system. And the best person or people to do that are professionals, right? So we talk about therapists, mental health coaches, mental health professionals, life coaches like myself, anybody that can assist you with techniques to develop um, proper ways to handle your emotional barriers because it can be very, very difficult to handle on your own. Question number four: What things never get old to you? Once again, that question is: What things never get old to you? Hmm, that's actually a pretty good question. I've never considered that. Um, number one, I would say now for sure is is hearing the word "daddy" or "daddy." daddy, daddy kind of thing. Um, I really, as as you guys know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, I'm very, very, I take a lot of pride in being a father. So to hear daddy and, and father and all those type of thing, loving language from my children, it, it means the world to me. Um, the other thing that I would say never gets old to me is a nice suit. All right, so a nice suit, tie, looking real smooth, as I would call it. Those things will never get old to me. Um, I think that's a very, very interesting question, and I'd love to hear what never gets old to you, right? So send me an email. Let me know what, what never gets old to you, and I think we can revisit this at some point in time down the line. Question number five. Why is it when you know that you are being abused mentally or physically that you still feel guilty and show them empathy? Once again, that question is, why is it when you know you are being abused mentally or physically that you still feel guilty and show them empathy? Typically, it's because of your childhood. And we've talked about kind of childhood wounds that have never healed or or things that we went unaddressed in our childhood that we carry into our adulthood. I'd say in this instance, one of those things is just the knowing that abuse is occurring for you And still feeling like somehow it's your fault or somehow you're the reason to blame that's tied to childhood and not having an emotional outlet when you were younger. Right. So maybe you had parents or guardians that made you feel upset or made you feel as if you were being abused, whether that's physically or mentally. And when you tried to express this to them, they shut you down or they made you feel like somehow it was your fault that you were getting abused. First of all, it's never your fault that someone else decides to abuse you right? I just want to throw that out there. And then the second thing is that plays out into an individual's relationships as they get older, right? I invite you to go back and listen to the Healing the Childhood Wounds episode that I have on the Quality of Love podcast. It's very, very um, informative, right? So it may help you and assist you with tapping into your subconscious belief system. And most importantly, understanding that if you know you're being abused mentally or physically, it's never your fault. And you have people in this world that will play on that, right? So they'll keep telling you it's your fault and you wouldn't be abused if X, Y, Z didn't happen. And that's just not the case, right? So I feel like you're in that abuse cycle is what it's called. And that's another thing I invite you to look into and do some more research on. But I feel like you're currently in an abuse cycle with your partner and they know it and you know it, But if you keep displaying empathy and you keep feeling guilty as if you're the reason to blame, that cycle will continue to go on. Question number six. Why is it that the more I speak up to my boyfriend, the worse he gets? He does think the opposite, excuse me, of what I told him I don't like. Once again, why is it that the more I speak up to my boyfriend, the worse he gets? He does the opposite of what I told him I don't like. First of all, I know you probably don't want to hear this because it. just judging off your email, it seems like you're pretty upset. Um, but unfortunately, as human beings, we are creatures of habit. So what happens is even though you tell us something that you don't like, If we were used to doing that or we were used to displaying that behavior, then it's something that will continue on until you until it becomes a part of our own awareness system. Right. So you can keep bringing it up. You can keep mentioning it and saying, hey, I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, But until uh, he's able to grasp it and and make himself aware of this behavior, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to change that behavior. Right. Again as human beings, we're creatures of habit. So we do things sometimes without thinking, right? Without giving it a second guess or a second thought. So if you love him and you really, really care about him, then I would invite you to work on unconditional acceptance as long as he's trying, right? If he continues to try and is working on displaying a different behavior that's more appropriate for you, I would invite you to be a little patient with him and try. Um, Frankly, again, as we the older we get, the more our behaviors stick and the more difficult it becomes to change those behaviors. All right, let's touch on some insight from a former narcissist. We only got a couple questions in our inbox this week, so this segment should be relatively quick. Question number one. If a narcissist blocks you after the breakup, does that mean they fear you? Once again, that question is. If a narcissist blocks you after the breakup, does that mean they fear you? I don't think so. Um, I think there's two things that could have occurred in this situation. Number one, you caught on to them and you realize that they're a narcissist. So for them, getting away from you means that they can kind of hide and live the secret life more or less. Or the second thing is that they um, realize that you no longer fall for their BS. And it's like, okay, I need to get a new supply. To fall for my BS and I don't want to think about the one that figured me out or figured out the jig is up either way. I would invite you to continue to create as much distance as you possibly can with this individual because they're going to as they find out that you're interested in knowing what's going on with their life or you're still kind of um social media spying is what I call it, social media spying on them, they'll try to project an image of themselves that may not be realistic, right? So they'll pretend to be happy and um, pretend to move on with the new supply and, and have things in order. So be mindful of those type of things, um, because the more you pay attention to them, and they recognize that you pay, you are paying attention to them, the more they try to manipulate their environment to seem like they're in control, right? So again, more of the story, you've created some distance, continue to create that distance with this person and whoever the new supply is or becomes, hopefully they'll realize what's going on with this person as well. Question number two, can narcissistic abuse make you physically unwell? Once again, that question is, can narcissistic abuse make you physically unwell? Absolutely. Right. So right along with your mental health, I believe your physical health goes hand in hand. I've said this before, um, but if you are in a situation in which you're constantly under emotional turmoil, right? So you're walking on eggshells around the house. You're afraid to say the wrong things around your partner. um, You're afraid to do the wrong things around your partner for fear that you might be abused physically or emotionally, whatever the case may be. Then what that does is it starts to take a toll on. On your physical health—you'll become sicker, um, you'll become down more, uh, you'll experience the blues more, and you may even experience forms of depression. Right, so be mindful of that. I would invite you to be proactive in these situations. When you start to feel down and and kind of out of sorts, get up and move around. Um, if you're able to engage in exercise, I would invite you to do that as well. When it comes to just your your mental health being affected to the point where now your physical health is affected, the best thing that you can do is exercise and try to get out more and experience more of nature. Question number three, will a narcissist ever consider their parents, mom, especially who are doing service for them as a supply? Once again, that question is, will a narcissist ever consider their parents, a mom, especially who are doing service for them as a supply? Yep. Absolutely. When it comes to narcissists, um, there's no line in which they will draw for a supply. So, although you may look at yourself as mom and as someone who has your baby's best interests at heart, and vice versa, when you're dealing with a narcissistic individual, everybody can be under their control, right? It's, again, just to reiterate, a nar- being a narcissist is all about being self-centered, trying to create your own world inside of the world and being the center of that world, right? So that means you will use and take advantage of anyone that you're able to, mom included, right? Mom, you do have a, a level of authority that um, is different than a partner would have, right? So in this instance is you can call a narcissist out and hopefully they'll be receptive Because you are their mother um, to changing their behavior or trying to work on some new behaviors to display. Either way, once again, um, you as mom can certainly be uh be in the lines of an individual who in which a narcissist uses and becomes a supply ultimately. Question number four: how how does a narcissist secretly manipulate their partner? Once again, that question is, how does a narcissist secretly manipulate their partner? I would say the, the biggest thing that they do is isolate you, right? So I've, I've shared this in the past. Most narcissists like to make themselves the center of your world. So what they do is they create a codependent relationship. Making you dependent upon them And then when you become dependent upon them They cut off, cut you off from all your Social support network Or social resources So that can be family, that can be friends That can be um, just going out Like having a ladies night Or having a night out to yourself With a friends or anything like that A narcissist starts to take Those type of situations out And kind of keeps you in the house And keeps you focused on them And making sure that they're the center of the, your world and at first it can seem extremely like loving they they create this environment where it's like oh it's just you and i it's our world we don't need to think about anyone else it's just us two that's the image that they project to begin with but then as you start to believe that and you fall into the unfortunate traps that narcissists set, then they start to pull away, right? And they start to leave you at home alone. And when you do decide that you want to go out or you want to do your own thing, they're all over you saying that you can't do it. You can only do this or do something that they enjoy doing, right? So various ways that they'll use to do that or do various techniques, I should say, that they'll use to do that and to get you to that spot and manipulation, biggest thing for you to keep in mind is that they start to try to isolate you, right? So if you start to see a person that you're dating, telling you, you can't go here, or you can't go there, or you can't hang out with this person or that person, chances are they're beginning the process of grooming and manipulating you to become someone that's codependent upon them, right? So that's all we have for tonight. Again, thank you guys for listening in with us. Get those questions in to TQLP20 at gmail.com for anything, relationship, mental health, narcissistic, anything. Uh, We're here to answer all those questions each and every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. And as always, guys, remember, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love.